Shabbat Shalom, my beloved brethren. Blessing to every one of you here present. Praises are unto our almighty Yahuwah and Yahusha for granting us this opportunity to gather here to commemorate this particular Sabbath day and render worship and glory in the holy name of Yahusha HaMashiach. My beloved brethren, the topic of our lesson today is about being covetous. What's the difference between being covetous and being jealous? You have coveted and you have jealousy. Covet is when you desire something or someone who belongs to another. But jealousy is when you are afraid to lose someone belonging to you. Covetousness will occur when a person turns their back and loses faith in Yahuwah and Yahusha. So, we must continue to examine ourselves and study the Holy Scriptures to remain in the assembly, to remain in the assembly of Yahusha. Being in the assembly will help us focus on the gift of Yahuwah, our God. And through our faith and perseverance, we can build a heap of treasure in the kingdom of Yahuwah where they cannot rot or spoil and no thief can break in and steal them. Many are rich and have accumulated wealth for themselves, but they are not happy and still are craving and longing for self-satisfaction. However, only with Yahuwah our God in your life, you will be able to gain personal satisfaction and end up feeling fulfilled. But when Yahuwah is absent in your life, this desire for self-satisfaction turns to the desire to make more money, to accumulate more earthly wealth. But we must heed the warnings in the scripture by the 10th commandment of Yahuwah. Which brings us to our first question for today which is, what is the 10th commandment of Yahuwah? The 10th commandment of Yahuwah is written in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. And I quote, you must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything that belongs, that belongs to your neighbor. 
So what is the 10th commandment of Yahuwah? The 10th commandment of the 10th commandment of Yahuwah says, you must not covet. What does it mean to covet? To covet means having a desire for things that do not belong to you. What often drive covetousness? Often, covetousness is driven by greed, leading people to break the other nine commandments of Yahuwah. You should not covet your neighbor's house, his wife, or male or female servant. Neither should you covet your neighbor's ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to him. So what is the focus of those who are covetous? In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 15, it is written, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life, does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. What is the focus of those who are covetous? Those who are covetous are focused on having an abundance of possessions. Is it wrong to have an abundance of, of something? No. Having an abundance of something is not wrong because they are blessings from Yahuwah God. But what should we beware of? We should beware of not making our possessions the focus of our lives because our life does not consist of the abundance of the things we possess. So how did Yahusha illustrate covetousness? In the same book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 16 down to 19, it is written, then he spoke, then he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground of a, of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So how did Yahusha illustrate covetousness? Yahusha illustrated covetousness by teaching us a parable of a rich man. How successful was this rich man? This rich man was so successful that he had to build bigger barns because of the abundance 
of his possessions? What was the focus of his life? The focus of his life was his possessions. We can say that he did not own possessions, but that his possessions possessed him. That is covetousness. What did he say to himself after he looked at his, at his wealth? After he looked at his wealth, he said, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So what was he thinking? He thought he could satisfy his soul with material things. He knew how to make a living, but did not know how to make a life. He thought the goal of life was to make money. What does God call this man? According to the parable of Yahusha. In the same book of Luke chapter 12, verse 20 down to 21, we can read that, but God said to him, you fool, this very night, you will have to give up your life. Then who will get all these things you have kept for yourself? And Yahusha concluded, this is how it is with those who pile up riches for themselves but are not rich in God's sight. What does God call this man according to the parable of Yahusha? According to the parable of Yahusha, God called this man a fool. Why is he a fool? He is a fool because he will die that very night and did not prepare for that. What is the message of Yahusha for the covetous? The message of Yahusha for the covetous is that instead of coveting things and piling up riches for yourself, be rich in the God's sight. What is the warning for those who are covetous? The answer is found in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 5, for this, you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. What is the warning for those who are covetous? For those who are covetous, Apostle Paul associate them with the immoral and impure. Covetousness is a severe sin. How severe is covetousness as a sin? Covetousness is so severe that those who are, those who are will not inherit the kingdom of Yahusha and Yahuwah. So what could fuel covetousness that is in the heart of people? 
The answer is found in the first book of Timothy, chapter 6, verse 9 down to 10. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and are caught in the trap of many foolish and harmful desires, which pull them down to ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a source of all kinds of evil. Some have been so eager to have it that they have wandered away from the faith and have broken their hearts with many sorrows. What could fuel covetousness that is in the heart of people? The desire to get rich will fuel covetousness in the heart of people. There is nothing wrong with wealth, but the Bible warns us about the pitfall of coveting riches. What should never be our motivation for earning money? Our motivation for earning money should never be the love for money. What often happens to those who desire to be rich because of the love of money. Those who desire to be rich because of the love of money will fall into temptation and break the other commandments of Yahuwah God. What else will also happen to them? They will get caught in a trap of foolish, and harmful, des harmful desires. And what else will they end up doing? They will end up turning away from the faith. And what else will also happen to them? They will break their hearts with many sorrows. Because of pursuing wealth, many have lost their spouse, their children, their health, and their, their relationship with Yahuwah God. And one might say that I am different. I am not covetous. But one can never know. We should be careful. My beloved brethren, Thank you for listening to me. The remaining part of our lesson for today will be continued to be brought to you by our beloved brother, John. I thank you. Happy uh, Sabbath day to everyone. We are studying the 10th commandment of 10 commandments, which of course is the last of the 10 commandments that Jehovah has given us so that we can fulfill in our life. The statement is, it sounds simple enough, uh, you must not covet. Now, one might say, well, I don't think I have a problem with covetousness, and so I don't really need to pay attention to the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba. However, we do need to focus 
and become aware of ourselves and our thinking process because we might not know it, but we could be guilty of covetousness in our heart. And take note, just like what was mentioned in the lesson in its beginning stages, when a person is guilty of covetousness, it is such an insidious spirit, it might affect our behavior in such a way that we end up breaking all the nine commandments that come before it. Because when you think about covetousness, it is driven by greed. It is driven by a desire and a love for money and riches and material things. And so when a person is driven by these ambitions, he or she might end up rejecting Yahuwah, falling into the idol of materialism, and disrespecting parents, stealing, and becoming false, test, uh, false testifiers just because they want to amass more wealth for themselves. So we need to be aware, and we need to learn to look within and test ourselves so that we can be sure we are not guilty of the sin of covetousness. Now, why should we become self-aware? Why do we need to focus and de determine whether or not we might be guilty of covetousness? Let's continue our study in the book of Thessalonians, chapter 2 and the verses 5. You know very well that we did not come to you with flattering talk, nor did we use words to cover up greed. God is our witness. Why is the sin of covetousness so insidious? because it is something that people tend to cover up. And what are human beings especially good at? Covering up greed for themselves. I mean, how many people confess to covetousness in the first place? Some people confess to stealing, right? Some people confess to gossip, maybe, or maybe not. Some people confess to becoming a false witness or murder, or maybe not. But you know, when you think about greed, not many people kind of confess about the greed. Not many people confess to covetousness, something that we can easily cover for ourselves. It's something that many people deceive themselves about. This is why we need to look within and examine self to make sure that we are able to fulfill all 10 commandments. Because when it says 10 commandments, what is the purpose of the 10? Its purpose is for us to follow all 10, not just nine out of 10. You know, when we say nine out of 10, it sounds good, doesn't it, right? Because nine out of 10, what is a letter grade that many people attach to that number? What's nine out of 10? That's 90%. That's like an A minus, right? And so you might say to yourself, well, I've done all the other 10 commandments, well, number 10 is not that important. So I got nine out of 10. But don't forget what the Bible says. If we are guilty of one, we are guilty of all. That's because if we stumble upon one, it will affect our walk with our King Yahushua. Now, who's an example of one who stumbled? He did really well, but he stumbled on one point. Let's read what it says in the book of Mark. 10, 17 to 20, as Yahushua was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
Why do you call me good? Yahusha asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you must you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. It was an example of one who did really well obeying many of the commandments, but stumbled upon one point. What we read is about this rich ruler who ran to our King Yahusha and asked him a question that many people ask today. What is that question? What do I need to do, good teacher, so that I can inherit eternal life? And so when he asked that question, what was the response? The answer of our King Yahusha. He said, you know the commandments. Yahusha knows. He knew that this rich man who approached him knows the Ten Commandments. And Yahusha confirmed, you want to have life? Enter or enter into life. Obey the Commandments. Our king enumerated parts of the Ten Commandments to refer to the entire Ten Commandments. And so after Yahusha gave this answer, what was the response of the rich man? He said, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And so there's something we need to know about the rich man. He had good qualities, right? What were his good qualities? He was handsome. Well, we don't, we don't really know that. But he was rich, right? He was very rich. And for some people, handsome means rich or rich means handsome. This man, he had good qualities. What were his good and excellent qualities? Well, he was eager to know Yahusha. That's why he came running. You notice that? He came running to Yahusha. He was humble. How did he show his humility? He knelt before our king, Yahusha. He was courageous because he made himself vulnerable. Can you imagine? All these people were around and he humbled himself and he was courageous because he made himself vulnerable. What else? Bible says that he recognized Yahusha as a good teacher. He knew he can get an answer to his question, what must I do to receive everlasting life? So he had discernment. He was spiritual because he wanted to know about eternal life. He was moral because he said he obeyed the command since he was young. So he had good qualities. He had good virtues. However, what was the stumbling block? Let's keep reading in 21 to 23. Looking at the man, Yahusha felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come, follow me. At this man's face, at this, the man's face fell, and he went away very sad, for he had many possessions. Yahusha looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And so what was missing in this rich man's life? I think our King Yahusha exposed the problem in his heart. What do you suppose that is? It could be his love for his possessions, a covetous problem in his heart. 
And so this man did not see that for himself, which goes to show you covetousness is something we don't easily see in ourselves. We easily cover it like this rich man. He did not see that for himself. But who saw that? Our king, Yahushua. And so when Yahushua saw that, what did he do? Because he loved him, our king Yahushua gave him the solution. You see, when we come to our Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, with a problem in our life, he will give us a solution. Sometimes we won't like that solution, but it's the best thing for us. You believe that? And so this rich man, he comes to Yahushua. He doesn't even know what his problem is. Yahushua does because he's a good doctor. And so he gives and prescribes the best medication. What is that? He told the rich man, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. and You will have treasure in heaven. That was the solution to uproot that covetous heart. But what did the rich man say? The rich man said, or he did not say anything. Bible says he went away very sad for he had many possessions. You see the heart of the rich man. Just like the one in the parable of our King Yahushua that was mentioned earlier. The heart of the rich man was in the treasures that were here on earth. Not in the treasures in heaven. So he wanted to pile more riches for himself. Take note, our King Yahushua had many friends who were rich. But this is the only time our King Yahushua says to, the rich, to someone who is rich, Sell all your possessions and follow me. You know why our King Yahushua said that to this particular rich man? That's because he knew what his problem was, covetousness. And the only solution is for him to retrain his desires. Instead of desiring to amass riches upon riches, it would be better to replace that desire with a desire to help those who are in need. And so, brothers and sisters, that was his stumbling block. He stumbled at that point. He may have done well in the other areas, but he stumbled at that point. We need to ask our King Yahushua, please examine me, show me my problem, expose to me my sin, and teach me your solution so I can follow you and receive life everlasting. And so, what is the solution to covetousness. What should we learn to practice in our life? Let's read the book of Hebrews 13, 5 to 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, Yahuwah is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So what should we practice in our life? To protect ourselves from covetousness. We need to practice contentment. We should not always be looking at what other people have. We should not be envious of what they have that you don't. And so what must be our mindset? For me, Yahuwah and Yahusha, they're everything to me. They are my true wealth. Can we honestly say that? Because when we are unable to, with conviction, and really believe it, to say that Yahuwah 
and Yahusha. That's all I need. If we cannot say that with conviction, we're going to suffer from covetousness. Because inside ourselves, we have this desire to feel peace, to find safety, to find security. For some people, that is represented by obtaining more and more material things, especially during these last days when so many people are losing their jobs, right? So many people are going through poverty and hardship. I mean, there's nothing wrong uh, with desiring something that we need, but when what we desire is something that we don't really need and it begins to destroy our life, we need to keep away from that. And so what must we always have so that we can protect ourselves from the spirit of greed and covetousness? We have to say to ourselves, Yahuwah and Yahusha, that's all I really need in my life. Why? Because Yahuwah says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so we say, Yahuwah is my helper. I will not be afraid. Does it mean we will no longer work hard? Does it mean we will not look for a job if we do not have a job? Does it mean we will not do our best to be promoted? Of course not. Why? What is the instruction of the apostles to us? In the book of Acts 20, 33, 35, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of Lord Yahushua. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What is the instructions of the apostle? So when we live our life here on earth, which is temporary, we will not be in danger of covetousness. You notice what the apostle said? I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. But then after saying that, did he say, just be lazy? Don't work hard? He said the opposite. He said, you know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs. You see, when the Bible says do not covet, it doesn't mean do not work hard. It means to work hard, but to work hard for a purpose, a good purpose, not a destructive purpose. You see, the difference between the apostles and the rich man in the parable of our king Yahushua, when he looked at his possessions and noticed that the barns were not big enough, what did he say? He said, I'm going to build bigger barns, and then I'm going to say to my soul, take it easy. And so his purpose really was to be admired. His desire was for his material things, to be rich in men, not in God. But the apostles were different. We should be different. Yes, we work hard. But what is the purpose for working hard? To supply our own needs and the needs of our family. And so our purpose is not so that we can brag and be proud of our accomplishments. Our purpose so that we can have something to give. Not something to take, but something to give. And that's the spirit that we need to have in our hearts as followers of Yahuwah. And who are those who will have this spirit? The spirit of looking for ways to help, to give those who are in need. Let's read the final passage of our studies today. 
in the book of Psalm 37, 4 down to 5. Take delight in Yahuwah, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to Yahuwah. Trust him, and he will help you. The Bible says, take delight in Yahuwah. Why must we take delight in Yahuwah? Because what our heart, what our soul really desires is fellowship with, experiencing the presence of our Father, Yahuwah. Remember, when we were created, we really had nothing, right? person is born with nothing. When Adam and Eve were created, they had nothing. What was most important in the mind of Yahuwah when Yahuwah made Adam and Eve? It was that human beings were made in his image. Do you know why Yahuwah made us in his image? It's because what Yahuwah wants is for us to have that relationship with him, for us to delight in him. And that is at our inner core, at the deepest places in our heart, the deepest places in our souls, is that desire to be with Yahuwah, to delight in Yahuwah, to be in his presence when we feel the presence of Yahuwah. It will be so wonderful. We will be able to say, like what King David said, Yahuwah is my shepherd. What else would I want? Yahuwah is my shepherd. I do not need anything else. Brothers and sisters, do we delight in Yahuwah? Because until we experience this joy that cannot be described by words, a joy that we feel deep in our hearts, when he is close to us, when he is embracing us, when we feel that presence, we understand. And we're going to be filled with joy. We're going to be completely content. It's that contentment that moves us not to covet, but to help those who are in need. And so brothers and sisters, let us place our hope and trust in Yahuwah that he is able to provide all that we need Take delight in his presence and in the presence of his beloved son. This is why the 10th commandment is connected to the first commandment. You notice that? Because when you look at the 10th commandment that says, do not covet, what's the opposite of that? It's to desire Yahuwah. What's the first commandment? The first commandment is exactly that, to desire Yahuwah. So the first commandment, the Ten Commandments, they kind of join together. What Yahuwah wants to teach us in the Ten Commandments is to love Him, to delight in Him. And when we delight in Him, all the other commandments manifest itself in our life. And so make Yahuwah our everything. Delight in Him, in everything that we shall do, and everything's going to fall into place. But if we will do the opposite, we will delight in material things when we will look for these material things so that we can say to ourselves, once I have all these things, then I'm going to begin to focus my worship on Yahuwah. That doesn't work. It must be spiritual first. The material will take care of itself. That's not our focus. Our focus is to delight in Yahuwah. 
and to love him with all of our heart and soul. That is our lesson. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Almighty and everlasting Father, most holy and gracious Yahuwah, the provider of all things, we, your people, declare that you are our Allahim. You are first place in our life. You are our topmost priority. We long to be with you in deep fellowship. How we long to be embraced by you, to feel your presence in our life. When we pray to you individually, when we pray to you as a congregation, loving Abba, we seek your presence so that by your presence, we can find true delight in you. Father, remember your people throughout the world who are going through difficult times. During times of hunger, pain, and poverty, there was a tendency in our souls to panic, to become discouraged, and so we lose sight of who you truly are. Father, help us to realign ourselves. Remind us every single day, you are always awake. You always watch over your people. You know our pain and struggles in life. Father, may you please come to our rescue. If maybe there are people today, those who belong to you, who are suffering from disease or sickness of any kind, may you heal us all. If there are people going through hardship and working very hard, but still are unable to meet the needs of daily life. Loving Abba, we beg you from heaven above, fulfill your promise. But what we need more than anything is to feel your presence. Reach out to us now, wherever we may be. We cannot live apart from you. We have experienced you before. We remember those times. It was nothing material. It was completely and totally you. When you are in our life, when we can feel you embracing us, when we can sense you speaking to us, that's all we really needed. When our souls are filled with your presence, nothing else matters anymore. This is what we want. This is what we long for. Please, loving Abba Yahuwah, give this to your people now that we may stand strong and courageous. Our King Yahushua, we belong to you. Remember your servants. Bless us that we will have a pure heart. We invite you now. Examine us. Look at our life. There are many things that we are not aware of, thoughts, desires in our hearts that are against your will. You know who we truly are. You are the great physician. As you examine us today, share with us what you find. Give us your solution. You love us very much. We want to improve. We want to be like you. And so we beseech you now, help us to grow. Help us to mature. Help us to remove the things that prevent us from becoming like you. Father, thank you so much for listening to our prayers.
Bless your people throughout the world. Provide, please, for all of our needs that we can always have something to give for our family and always continue to receive your grace and mercy. We ask and beg all things, loving Abba, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha Hamashiach. Amen.